0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys football club. Go
1: Cowboys! Yes! Go Cowboys!
2: Let's go baby! Are
0: you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely ready for a break. Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for the break. On DallasCowboys.com.
1: We were on the
3: break with Nick Eatman, Brian Broadus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, March 8th, 2023, season 18, episode numbered 119. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Glad to have my crew in, all of us, uh, today. And uh, we'll spend the next 45 minutes talking to you guys about free agency. Uh, There's a lot coming up here that the Cowboys are going to have to make decisions on. Free agency will begin on March 15th, although the period of, uh, I'm not going to call it legal tampering. It's just kind of that period where you can start flirting a little bit with the players that you might be interested in. From a free agency standpoint, that begins on the 13th. It'll run through the 15th and then at 3 p.m., Central Time, free agency will kick off today's show. We're going to go through the list of free agents and talk a little bit about uh, the guys that we think the Cowboys need to make priorities, the guys that can just be a nice to have, and the guys that maybe you think is just no longer a fit. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about Tony Pollard. Uh, we talked about him at length last week and what the Cowboys should do. Since then, we found out they have done something. They, uh, they put the tag on Tony Pollard. I don't think it's a surprise, but I wanted to go around the table and just get your thoughts on uh the decision to place the tag on Tony Pollard. Brian, you weren't Were you on the show last week? I was in Arizona you watching. You weren't him. on the show, yeah. yeah. Let's give you let's go first with you cuz I yeah. know Nick and, and Amber talked a little bit about it last week. So yeah,
2: I you. you know what? I feel like they did what they had to do and what they felt like was right for their for their offensive attack going forward. You know, we talked about weapons. Nick has brought it up numerous times on the show about the situation with Pollard once he went down in the San Francisco game, their offense wasn't the same. And so now, even with a new, you know, primary play caller, the head coach being that guy, you know, you got, uh, you know, uh, you got that situation where he's like thinking, okay, how am I going to incorporate? How am I going to move the ball? What do I need? You know, likely losing Dalton Schultz. Likely, you know, with some of the things, you, you some of the unknowns with. You know, with Gallup coming back and all that, one of the sure things you do know about is what Tony Pollard can do. Yes, he's coming off the injury, but I think it was the right thing for them to do. I know I have my own other thoughts about, you know, maybe with the injury, maybe let that one ride and see if, in fact, somebody would come in and, and, you know, take a chance on him, give him a contract. But for them, they did what they felt like was right. I just I know myself evaluating the free agent market or the running backs and then also what's going in the college draft. If you were to lose Tony Pollard, there are suitable replacements. You know, maybe you know, maybe comparable to what you had with Tony. You know, maybe not, depending on which direction you go. But for them, they felt like they had to keep that weapon in the building. And and you know, you you have to give them credit for you know trying to do that and and, and be able to you know to to continue to try and help Dak. Ag.
4: I think it was the right decision. We've talked about it before. It doesn't prevent them from still trying to come up with the contract and keep the negoci- negotiations going with him and working that out. Um, yeah, we've talked about the injury before. That is a concern of mine. And another thing is, it, it always makes me a little bit uneasy because I feel like anytime you either extend the contract, give a new contract, or even place a tag, anything that involves a new amount of money involving a player, there's always that, are they going to meet the expectations now? And I know this is not, the franchise tag does not mean a long-term contract or anything. This is just for a year. But even so, with that injury alone, it does give me that kind of worrisome. It's like, is it going to be worth the money? Is it going to be worth taking that risk of having him here and trying to rely on Uh, On him, also not knowing what's going to end up happening with Ezekiel Elliott. I I said this from the beginning. It's hard to imagine a scenario where they do keep both guys um, on the team. So it's just I'm glad it it happened, and I agree with their decision to place the tag on him. But at the same time, there are concerns and worries uh, around that decision and how he's going to be this year.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't think you give the franchise tag to anybody um, unless you you have some concerns. I mean, I, I think I think you have. I think that's why you give them the tag. I mean, because you have concerns. Because if you didn't have concerns, you would just sign them to a long term deal and meet whatever they're asking for. So either you need to see him one more year, or you got, or you don't know if you can sign them to a long term thing. I mean, I think the Cowboys had concerns with Dalton Schultz last year to give him the money that you know David Njoku got, you know, and. I don't know if it's worth it, you know, and I don't think they thought it's worth it. And they still don't think that, you know, for that market. But if you look at all the franchise tags, it's the cheapest franchise tag of a position player running back. It's the most second most important position, maybe, but yet it's the cheapest one. So there's reason. And you can take that argument any way you want. I just think it makes sense this year to do that. And then, and as Brian says, you still draft someone. But the key about drafting a running back is if you go back and look at history and, and there's examples for everything. First-round running backs, I think, do well early because that's why you draft them because they're ready to play right now. But I think second, third, fourth, fifth-round running backs, some of them come, come in and do well, but I think that they need a little development as well. I mean, Tony Pollard wasn't ready to kind of take over like he is now. So I think, I think it works out in this case. You still draft someone second, third, fourth round. And then, you know, they'll be ready to go because you don't know what's going to happen with Pollard after this. Probably won't come back after this. This is what I would think would be the last
2: year. Yeah, I, this this is me. And I, I totally agree with what Nick and Ambar are saying about this. But the thing is that with Pollard, I, I kind of look at this like Dalton Schultz. Mm. Like you're keeping a guy around. They, you know, they just couldn't get rid of all their weapons when they got rid of Amari Cooper. And we didn't know what with Pollard that he was going to emerge like he was. There was questions about Gallup. You know, if you all of a sudden you let Dalton Schultz walk last year and stuff or just, you know, you move on from that, well, then, you know, it's one of those situations where you're kind of in a, you know, you're like, where's the weapons? Who's Dak going to throw the ball to? Who's – how are they going to move the ball? How are they going to score and all that? So, yeah, I I just think that Pollard, it's one of those things that, you know, I I don't think they want to – I think they've learned something from the – Elliot situation. I do. I, the league, the league, doesn't value running backs like it should. But there's going to be a point in time where, you know, you're going to have if when you don't have one of these guys, it's going to show up in a game. You know, look what Tampa Bay. Look at their situation with Leonard Fournette. It just he had a
3: a similar thing about Buffalo.
2: Yeah, it just got to the point where when you can't run the ball, you know your your offense gets put in peril. And the one thing we learned about Pollard is he's capable of of taking the the snaps and and being able to function. But uh, I I do love these running backs. And again, I encourage you to stay afterwards and listen to the draft show because there's a lot of them you could talk about, and a lot of them that do a lot of the similar things. That, uh, that they asked Tony Pollard to do. So let's toss that up just as a general
3: question of what comes next because there are lots of offshoots of this move. Uh, you know, do they do a long-term deal with him? Um, what's Zeke's future and how does that play into the decision to to tag Tony Pollard? Right now, I saw a graphic that I think the Cowboys are $28 like million. 20, dollars? Yeah, $28 million oh, right yeah. now dedicated to the running back position. I don't think any of us believes they're going to go into next uh, fiscal year with that being the case. But it now put some question marks on Zeke's future talking about what is the effect on the draft and and should they draft somebody and how high are they willing to draft somebody knowing that they have Tony Pollard on the on the tag and the final thought what's the usage of Tony Pollard next year if, if let's assume for a second that this does affect what they decide to do with with Zeke and maybe Zeke isn't here is Pollard a primary back can he take the load of a primary back? Can he Can he do the things that Zeke was asked to do for a long time in his career when you're paying him $10 million for a year? Maybe he needs to. All those
5: things. I'm just going to toss it up, and you guys take it in the direction you'd like to take it. Wow. Zeke, I mean, that, that's the big question. they got to figure that out with Zeke. And I think that um, me personally um, – I, I just don't see a scenario that he's here I don't and but I don't know him what he's trying to do and what how much he wants to be here and for what price but I just I can't see that scenario this is a really tricky situation because I don't think Tony Pollard is a starting running back I, I don't I think he works out the way they have got this thing working I think it works good for him so i i would draft another running back and i think that running back would probably be the starter i think where pollard fits but you you want to say 10 million dollars could you do that yeah you can look how many look at what backup quarterbacks make they make a lot of money yeah. so you can have it as in, in this role like this but i think i just don't think zeke can be here on this team the way the way it's set up i could be wrong but that's gonna be because he's taking a lot less money than i think he's ready to do. Explain it to me for just a
3: second. When you say you don't think he's a starter, are you saying are you talking more about the number of reps that he can take or do you, or is there a delineation between a starter and a backup that you're kind of making?
5: No, mistakes? I think he's I mean, I think he's one of the top 10, 15 running backs in the league. I yeah. think he's a he's a he's a top talent. Uh, he's definitely that but I like. I mean, I believe in what Skip Pete was trying to do last year. I think that there's a Zeke comes in and he kind of hammers them down, and then Pollard comes in. I don't think it works the other way. I don't think that way. I, I don't. You're
3: th- saying you don't think it starts with the speed guy or the elusive guy. No, you think I think, it I start think with Pollard's the role
5: is perfect. Gotcha. And I just there needs to be another guy that handles what Zeke did. That's what I think.
2: I think there's some football fibbing going on here, not with you, but with what the Cowboys are doing right now. I think they're talking about the football fibbing. Is Mike McCarthy's like we got to run the ball more? I think that's football fibbing, and I say that in a way Mike McCarthy doesn't have a history of running the football more. He just doesn't go back and watch. You know, he's. I, I think he's trying to. I think he's trying to say that. You know, well, I'd like to run the ball, but he really isn't. He's going to throw the ball. So now, to me, that 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 is. Uh, that, I'm okay with that. I, I feel like though, you, you need to run the ball better. Not more Let me run the ball this. better, and so that's kind of where I think football fiving's going on here. And you know, with Pollard, I think he can run the ball better. I think the more opportunities he does get, they'll run the ball better. I think having Terrence Steele back at right tackle will will run the ball better. You know, I think if you add a tight end, a blocking tight end, you, with the tight ends you have, I think you'll run the ball better. You know, that's that's kind of where I look at with with what I see with Pollard. I think he's here to run the ball better. You know, the more carries, it just the way he plays. You're going to get more yards with him running the football, and so I think that's a that's a football fib. You just need to not run it more. You just need to run it better. Is what I see right Let there. Let me ask this question because I,
3: I I've heard a couple different people with that particular argument, and mm-hmm. I think it's coming off of what Mike McCarthy said yeah. at the combine. I actually took it differently when he said that. I didn't take it as he was saying the Cowboys need to just generally run the ball more. Mm-hmm. I thought he was talking more about specific situations, and I thought back the to Green specific, Bay game. Yeah, I thought back to specific the, the, games yeah. where his they, relationship where, where the Cowboys. I think he might have looked at it and said, "Hey, I think there were situations this year right. where we should have been running the ball more right. than we were. Not right. necessarily just overall. We need to run more. Because by the way." They ran the ball plenty. Like yeah. they're one of the one of the run heavier teams in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. So I didn't take it that way. Is that? Are you saying that you took it kind of as he's saying, just holistically, we got to run the ball more
2: than we run. I think run I think to me that he was uh, the divide. I think between him and Kellen Moore came in that day you guys were at Lambeau Field and they lost that game. That's where I felt like right then and there. If you want to pinpoint a spot where maybe McCarthy and Kellen Moore had their divide, it was that game right there. Because Mike McCarthy put his heart and soul into wanting to win that football game, and it didn't happen. And, you, and we, the next day, we came on here and talked about, well, they could have done this; they could have ran it here; they yeah. could have, you know, they could have protected the lead. Da 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 da. I think that's where we saw the end of Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy's relationship. Right, and, and that could
3: fit what Mike was saying. And, and that's from what, a standpoint. If you want to, yeah, you're trying to run and, up and, the and, scoreboard, and, and, when and that's you really your you point. should be running
2: the ball, that's your point. I, 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 like I said, I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a fib. I think he wants to run the ball better. Is what I how I take it, and I also the whole thing with like Nick was talking about. I think it's a fib about Zeke, uh, Zeke being here. I think that's a fib. I think that's a football fib. I don't think there's any way that he that he can be here. You know, I think that they move on. They talk about, oh, they'd like to have it, but I, I, I see this, I see this ending, like it did for Demarcus Ware and for Terrell Owens and for, uh, you know, for you know, pretty much everybody. Yeah, there's an expiration clock on being a player yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, they yeah. they talk about wanting to keep guys and stuff like that, but they they're going. I, I, I agree with Nick. I believe they're going to move on from Zeke. I really really do. I think these are these are things that you kind of look at and you say. Well, they're they're telling us this, but in actuality, this I think is what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, I love, I absolutely love Zeke, and I would personally like for him to stay here. But again, I, I just like all of you guys. I don't see a scenario where it just works out financially for the Cowboys. Um, I do know that regardless of, of how much you want to throw the ball or not, you do need to establish the run. You need to create that balance. And we've saw, we've seen it before when Dak needs that kind of help as well. And going back to Tony Pollard, whether he can be the starter or not, I agree with Nick on this one. Like I personally do not see him just taking on the full load. And we saw it, just how well it worked, kind of balancing it out between the two types of running back just because of what each brings to the table and that the other – cannot doesn't necessarily do it as good um, we saw how many times like you needed Zeke to be able to just go out there and block and block just those like nasty little runs one yard runs things like that that Tony Pollard just physically doesn't have that type of ability and just and just like that, <laughs> Zeke can't run and escape the way that Pollard can right now. So it's just a tough balance, but I I do think that they go into the draft. It does make me wonder, though, if they head into the draft just having Tony Pollard and Malik Davis, or if they just kind of sign somebody else to have on their—you know how sometimes they just yeah. sign— Get to make it look like it is not like a top priority, and then they do still draft somebody. So I can see something happening, maybe like a s- signing somebody that's not necessarily. You can go
2: trade for Derrick Henry if you want from Tennessee. No. We're not gonna, I'm not going to talk about him. <laughs> stay away from that.
3: But um, we
4: Only talk about our guys, Brian.
3: Okay. Until free
4: agency opens up and then you. No, start it's, talking a trade. about trades it's a trade. It's a trade. Yeah, it's a trade. We'll, we'll stay um, away from that one.
3: And just no, to be no, clear, no. this is like the, the, we are not the football side of the no, building. No, we are, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. This is I'm just conjecture. This is just talk. We're not tampering.
2: No, we're not tampering. Yeah, not tampering we're at not all. Not tampering
3: I, at I all. did have this question, though, because you guys uh, mentioned this. Nick, you mentioned it as well. Amber mentioned it about the running backs and him being kind of that starting role. Did you think in the game where it was him and Malik Davis that things functioned as you wanted them to function at, and, and at optimal level for Tony when he had – I mean, Malik Davis is, was another back. Tony was the starter. Tony was the guy that was the primary back. Did you think did you like that, or did you think there was still something missing in that game?
5: Well, the the, the victory was missing in that game. Uh, I mean that they lost, yeah, and yeah. And, and, and they lost, and, and not necessarily because of, of Pollard, okay. but but I think it's all about running the ball when you when you want to, and running the ball when you have to, and when you have to run the ball at the end of the game, and, and you can't get that. Um, you know, I I do think that that there's part of that. Um, like like Amber said, that they 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 complemented each other perfectly. I mean, some, Zeke scored 12 touchdowns, and most of them down there by the goal line. And so I don't think Pollard gets 12 more touchdowns if he's the guy doing it. I, I, he just doesn't. I mean, go look at the Washington games. He doesn't run against that. Um, not that many teams do. But, I mean, that they're not built that way. He's not built that way. He needs another back and so that somebody else needs to compliment him and it just needs to be at some something less than 16 million a year but um i just i just feel like the role that that pollard has i wouldn't change it i wouldn't change it by running him i mean he needs to maybe run the ball more but not necessarily to the point of of he's the starter he gets the first two series and then we'll see what happens i i think that they got to be creative with it
4: and doing it every week cuz i week. i remember there were certain games and i'm like okay i've seen pollard i'm like Uh, I can't remember exactly what game, but like you have uh, maybe Zeke wasn't playing the whole game. I don't know if it was a couple of games. Yeah. Um, But I remember being like, okay, it wasn't terrible, but I don't feel confident that Pollard can do this week to week. So it's just one of those things that he's a talented guy, but I think it would reduce the spark that he has if he had to kind of Take he surely didn't.
2: He surely didn't do it against the Commanders. No. You know that game. The, the two worst rushing games he had in of the season were against the Commanders. And if you want to use that as your benchmark, the Commanders play great run defense. As yeah, I was about to say, it's not a lot of runners that are going to have. So to that, that, that's what I'm saying though. If you're if you're trying to say, well, listen, where where was he productive? Against who was he productive? What what style of defense was he productive against? And to your point a defense that has a lot of physicality to it might not be the best thing for Tony Pollard to have to deal with. Yeah. you know. So they need to think about other options there for sure.
3: Yeah, the game I was talking about was that Green Bay game. He had 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. Um, Malik Davis supplemented that with five carries for 38 yards, a 7.6 average. Uh, so, again, it wasn't the same balance as what you saw between him and Zeke. Mm-hmm. It was more, hey, we're putting the load on Tony. We'll let him get spelled by – Uh, by Malik Davis, and and to your point, Amber, maybe he can. Maybe he can't be a
5: guy that can sustain that
3: for an entire
5: 17-game season. I mean, they didn't lose that game because of that. They did. If they They make one stop on fourth and nine, not only do they win, they blow them out. So... That's just kind of the way that game. But but you also can look at it in the fourth quarter and say, all right, you have a lead. Yeah. You know that there's ways yeah. where you can kind of run the ball and 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 that's just and that you're right. That might be the the game that he's th- looking at. If of like, you
2: if you asked me if you said Brian pinpoint a spot where you think there was the divide between the two, that was the one I would point to. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, I
3: think that's a fair thing. And that that's again
2: why I assumed when uh,
3: when. That's why I assumed when when Mike McCarthy said that, that he was talking specifically about games or moments in games yep. more so than the full totality of running the ball throughout the season. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump into free agency. I'm going to run down this list of free agents. These guys are going to tell you whether they think they should be here or shouldn't be here. We'll do that when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com Radio. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black.
5: Back to the break. Registration is now open for 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Football and Cheer Camps presented by Invisalign. Use promo code SPRINGBREAK23 for $25 off. Camps on March 14th and 15th at AT&T Stadium. Visit dallascowboys.com camps. Welcome back. Second
3: segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment presented to you by blockchain.com. Let us talk about free agency. As I said earlier in the show, next week, next Monday, uh, will become the the period will open where teams can start to talk to potential free agents. On on Wednesday, uh, March fifteenth at three p.m. Central, free agency will officially begin. Cowboys have a whole list of guys that are not. I mean, these were pretty. You got these were guys that contributed quite a bit to the Cowboys last year. That will be free agents this year. Presumably, not presumably, we know they will be because the Cowboys have used the tag on Tony Pollitt, which means all these other guys will have the ability to hit free agency unless the Cowboys do a deal with them before free agency begins. So we're going to go down the list. I got three options for you guys. I want you to give me one of these for each player. Is he a priority? You think the cow? And I'm thinking from your perspective, not necessarily how you think the Cowboys play it, but from your perspective, is it a priority guy you need to resign? Is it a guy that's a nice to have? If you can make the deal work, then go for it. Or is it a guy that's no longer a fit, you're good with just moving on? All right,
5: let's start first with Dalton Schultz. Um, I mean, I'm going to have a hard time saying anybody's a priority. So I don't know if I'll say that number one level for anybody. Nice to have. Uh, yeah, nice to have. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't push anybody out the door because Leighton Vanderesh proved that last year. That you know, you think so, you think that's what his market is, or he thinks it that's his market, and then it comes back and it's not, and then you're like, well, you know, here's a guy that Dak trusts, and he can, you know, he's gonna throw the ball to him, and he'll catch it, and he's not gonna make a lot of plays, but he'll make some. So it, it'd be nice to have, but I mean, it, it would only have to be week two of free agency when his market, you know, and if that's the case, he's gonna be. Salty or...
2: <laughs> or. <laughs> I kind of feel like with Dalton Schultz, he's in an interesting situation because he's a good player, but a really good tight end draft. Mm-hmm. And so to Nick's point, do you get a great deal of money being on the market when teams know that they could draft a tight end who has a similar skill sets? Mm-hmm. I think you could go through probably four rounds of draftable players and get a guys that have similar sets, athletes, you know, play well flexed or outside, catch the ball well, maybe not great blockers, he kind of falls into that mode where people could go, listen, do I get one of these guys in the fourth round or do I give Dalton Schultz $10, $12 million? So to Nick's point, I, I mean, I, I could see somebody coming in and, you know, swooping in and grabbing him. But I also feel like there's a lot of guys that have very similar skill sets to him in this draft. So would he come back on a one-year kind of a thing? I, I, I think that's probably unrealistic, but it's an interesting yeah. thought. I might really, draft really,
5: the guy in last year's draft in the fourth round and see if that could work out. Like a Ferguson.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Well, go ahead. Yeah.
4: No, go that's ahead. what I was going to say. Like, uh, I think it, to me personally, changed the situation on how I view... Him, I mean, he's a, he's still a talented player, but knowing that you got two guys, Hendershot and, and then Ferguson, and they both did pretty well. Honestly, they, I guess maybe my expectations were a lot lower and they just ended up playing better than I thought. But knowing that you had two guys that were able to get the job done as well and be, even at times, uh, I guess it was the whole time, when it was Cooper Rush, Schultz just completely disappeared, and you yeah. weren't really the ball wasn't getting to him. Um, but anyway, my point is that I feel that the Cowboys can not make it work without him now. Uh, so that's that's where it where it's at right now. It's not like you got nobody behind him that you just have a bunch of question marks. You you still have two guys, and that doesn't mean you wouldn't draft somebody too. But yeah, I just don't see it as a priority. I at think all. it
2: was very telling. This was not a football fib. I don't think the owner and general manager told. You know, he started talking about Kelsey and Kansas City and that having that kind of weapon. And when you got a guy that you know, maybe they didn't think that of Dalton Schultz. You know, they feel like that. You know what? Yeah, it's a great. It's great when you can get a guy like this Kelsey guy. You know, and, and stretch the field and do this and do that and be dynamic. You know, it, it it his thoughts obviously from the front office perspective is that Dalton Schultz wasn't that guy. You know, they to Nick's point again about the you know that you, you see in a year, you see in a year what you have, and you know they they probably look at that as like you know what we've got two young guys, we'll move on from this guy, and we got a whole draft that we can we can work with.
5: All right. Yeah. I wouldn't move on from Schultz because of Ferguson, but I would because of Ferguson and Hendershot. Mm, Hendershot's the key there. Yeah. He's yeah. the one that the wild card that you didn't expect. Yeah. And you know, he can move on. And Ferguson's gonna be franchised. They might have you know, a at chance. Some point. I mean, just look at the franchise tag the last four years. Yeah. It's been a fourth round pick every year. So <laughs> So it's just coming. That's in his future. Yep. They All might right.
2: they might be in a situation too where they that where the at twenty six, the best player on their board might be one of these tight ends. Which, is, which people cringe to think about, but it might be to the vision of what the general manager was saying on that bus the other day.
3: Yeah, that's the point. It, for me, if you're going to use that high a pick, you better make sure he's the Kelsey type. Well, he can't be, in my opinion, the Dalton Schultz type. He's got to get not,
2: on the field. He's got to be a guy that immediately gets on the field. Right, he but he also
3: yeah. has to be a guy, in my opinion, that yeah. you can move around and do different things with. Right. That becomes a nightmare for other teams to match up with. That's where it's worth it to make it a first-round pick. The
2: one thing this team has proven, their draft thoughts – is they would rather have the first or the second best at a position than they would the fifth or sixth. You know, when we say oh, they need a corner, well, do they want the fifth corner or they want the second best guard in the draft? Mm-hmm. You know, they, that's their, their mode is we'll take the first best, we'll take the best player, and then we'll work from there. Yep. And it, it works for them. All
3: right, let's move on to Terrence, uh, Terrence Steele.
2: Nick.
5: Well, um, I think they're going to – I mean – that one, I guess I would say, I wouldn't expect him on your list. So, yeah, I would say that he's got to be a priority on that because he's a restricted free agent. Um, I would probably give him the first-round tender, but really? I don't know. I would. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think that I would, but they probably feel like with the second-round tender, you can you can, get, you can get by with it.
2: The gamble they have here is if he wasn't hurt, you would probably first-round tender him. Because again, you know, when you start to compare who's in the, you know, who's in the draft, you know, the tackle group, it's a, it's a, it's not as deep as it's been the last few years, but if he was, with him being injured and coming off an injury, I could see why they did the second round tender on him. I, I, I totally get. It. I think the priority is to get him done. I don't think he's That's going where to, I want. To I don't think that, he's. Yeah. I don't think he's going to play on the on the tender tag. I don't. I think they're going to they're going to try and find a way to get this done. I would say then in that case he's a priority for sure. Mm-hmm.
4: Absolutely. Um I mean you and even then, even by signing him and, and getting something done with him, you still have other issues at, in the O-line, you know, even at the tackle position. So, uh definitely Get him back here, and he's a guy that honestly he's done everything you've wanted him to do, and mm-hmm. and maybe not at first in our perspective, but he he's worked so hard and he's improved yeah. over and over. You know he's trending upwards, and that's exactly what you look for in a guy.
2: I hope the I hope the growth continues with the new line coach because him and Joe Philbin clearly had a good connection. Yep. All right, uh, Connor McGovern. Mm. Nice to have. Yeah, team. I think they would like to have him back, but I think he's a nice to have. I don't think it's a priority. Nah, yeah. he's, got,
5: he's, got, he's got to see the market, and I think his agent will let that happen, too. Yeah. You know, anybody that signs at this point,
2: He's going to be, to be honest, he's going to be this year's Connor Williams. He's mm-hmm. going to go to Miami and, and get a starting job and get too much money, and they're, they're not going to be able to, to, to match that. The
3: well, the fact is, if if Tyron, if if what they're saying about Tyron Smith that they want him back and mm. they want to have him in the building, if that's all true, Conor Mcgovern isn't even going to be a starter. Yeah. You wouldn't think because yeah. you would assume that means that Tyler Smith will be playing guard. So maybe another sports football fib. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He's you been, know, that's a part of it right been now.
5: Developed like you'd want him to. He had some injuries, but he's just he's he's ne- he's never going to be a guy when you're sitting there in the draft and you're like, well. We could take this guy right now. No one's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have McGovern. He's yeah. never going to be the this guy that yeah. stopped. You're but always like, going to try to get better. It's going
4: to. I see it as one of those situations that if it's not McGovern, the Cowboys are still going to get a free agent, kind of like that, mm-hmm. but from somewhere else, yeah. and maybe they get it cheaper that way. I don't know, but I think it's just it's going to be a, about the You're same thing. Going to sign someone talent. else's McGovern?
2: It's it's a thin draft at guard. He might get some play. That's why I kind just of feel because of the draft, yeah. just because of the draft. I kind of feel like veteran guy that could play center. Also, there there's going to be a value. That's why I said he's this year's Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. You know. That's why. <gasps> Cooper Rush.
4: Well,
3: um... <laughs> there's a lot of silence here. I thought that would be one that you guys would well, be pretty
5: quick to jump on for other reasons. I would make it a priority. (laughs) Uh, I I know what your priority is. I would would think... uh, Spit it. it Spit it out. I was talking about um, other stuff. No, I think he... No, I would would, bring him back. I think... I mean, I would bring him back for... You know, if you can. I mean, because he's won games. He's won games for you. So, he's probably got the best record of pretty much any backup quarterback, you know, in the league the last few years. So, I can't imagine... I mean... And I think he works well with Dak. We talk about Dak having different voices, and he will have a different voice in some regards. But I think that, that Cooper Rush is a guy that works well with him. And uh, they know how to win games with him. So
2: I would. Recommend. I think he's a priority. I really do. And I, I say this in a way because he came in and was, you know, you mentioned it, won the games. You know, they they, they had to adapt to him. They adapted the offense. They did what they, you know, everything they needed to do you know he kept him in the sea every we were all doom and gloom and he won games and so you're probably going to battle the the you know the Los Angeles Chargers on him you know where does that number come but if you're if you're Cooper Rush you have a legitimate right to stand there and say you need to pay me you need to pay me to be a backup here i saved your damn season last year you know and so i i, I think he should be a priority because i don't know what the alternative is here the alternative you know, probably is Will Greer. Well, could be Will Greer. And I don't absolutely, know but if, but I've seen Cooper Rush win games, and yeah. I I didn't believe that. But in this in this system, and maybe a new system will be different. But I I I would I would try and make him a priority for for sure.
4: Yeah, Um been I've been here where I've seen. Brandon Weeden, Kellen Moore, <laughs> uh, Matt Castle, Matt Castle. <laughs> yeah. um, what's that other guy's name? Ben Danucci. Ben Danucci, but uh, the one that oh my god, Mark Sanchez. Uh, oh wow!
1: Yeah. I forgot <laughs> so the so point,
4: point is, I've been here where I've seen enough backups not being able to do much when Just they one. needed to.
5: Just one. Dak.
4: <laughs> okay.
5: Well, I'm saying, you know, the,
4: he, he became his starters. Right. It, that's different. what I'm saying
5: though. Yeah. He was the backup. Yeah, yeah. Tru- Tony? True.
3: I mean, you want to go that far, Tony? Yeah, I see.
4: Okay. Point is... <laughs> don't <laughs>
3: do that to me.
4: <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Um, no, but it, 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 it now it feels like when you do find somebody a backup, you need to hold on to that person because you haven't had much success at having like backups that can truly just be there and help you out And what happened this year. So, win games. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. it's, so it just goes back to, I don't, I don't know what the money looks like, but if it works out, absolutely.
3: All right, we're going to take our, fi- our final break. We'll come back and uh, we got a couple more offensive guys, then we'll try to get over to the defensive side of the ball. We'll do it when we come back. DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Egg and Turf.
5: Stay ready for your spring break adventures with Cowboys Nation Essentials. Visit your local pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and discover travel accessories, staycation must-haves, and more. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from
3: SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Got more names for you guys, the free agents. They just keep coming. Noah Brown, what do you do with Noah Brown? Mm. Move on. You said you didn't have any of those, but you good with this one? Like, just saying, just doesn't fit anymore?
2: Well, I don't know who
5: his real sponsor was, and I don't know if his sponsor's still here. I mean, I don't know if it's Jason was a sponsor or Kellen was a sponsor or yeah. both. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, he's had one, and he's been – or Dak. Dak's his – I mean, I don't, I don't know. But yeah. I'm just saying, I, I think but he's probably still going to count the minimum. I can't imagine, you know. Yeah. And so, Noah Brown is fine if he's the fifth receiver. It's not okay if he's the second or third, and, you know – And for some reason, it just kind of just pisses you off when it's third and eight and he's over the middle and there's double cover or he's covered and they throw it and he doesn't catch it. And you're like, even though he's made some plays, you're just like, is that who you have to, you have to force it to him?
2: You need, you need Jalen Tolbert to grow up. Yeah, you need yeah. Jalen Tolbert. You need to push Jalen Tolbert out there and say, listen, sink or swim. Here we go. We can't talk about other teams, right? No, we can't talk okay, about that. Okay, so I, I had an idea, but I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, I can assume what you're talking I know where you're going with because, that, but go be, ahead. Because yeah. they'll, admit, yeah. they'll, admit they'll admit they messed up. They'll admit this, that yeah. they messed up. So, anyway, but think about that. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's something that you can do. But you can the, talk
5: about Odell being here. If Odell's going to be here.
2: Well, that, to me, okay, real quick on that one. and No, get through your list. Another day on Odell. Another right. day on Odell. Because,
5: actually, you're right. I do want. I do actually want to get to that in a longer
3: – there's more we can dive into that when we start talking about that. And next week will be an appropriate We're
2: running out it. of
5: Wednesdays. I mean, like, next Wednesday, I mean, they, they, it'll be in the middle of and all And, by the
3: time. way, we still got all these the composition stuff
2: that we okay, haven't no finished. Like, right, we got a lot no we got to do in the next several weeks. I
4: don't have much to say about that. It's the same as you guys said. I got the memo.
2: I did get the memo. I did read the memo. I'm sorry. Thank you, Brad. T. Y. Hilton. Listen two to seven every day on the fan. We'll get
3: (laughs) T. Y. Hilton. Now he was an interesting one because he came in and he had some plays that were like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. But he's the age and and you know as the season wore on, I don't know that you could say he was a reliable regular contributor in that way. What do you
2: think about T. Y. Hilton? I'm moving on there again. You got Turpin. I'm trying to figure out ways to develop him a little bit better there. T.Y. Hilton did what exactly what you needed him to do. I mean, I thought he would come. He made some really good early plays, helped you win a game too with some long plays, drew some pass interference calls. But you know, I've got guys like Turpin. You know, maybe maybe that Kellen Moore did not want to use Turpin. Let's see if Mike McCarthy will use him.
5: Yeah, I don't know where his uh, T.Y. Hilton's mindset is. You know, he he came in and admitted that. He waited until the season was over for his kids to play sports and all that he stuff. Helped his and bank
2: account a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
5: So then he it was like okay now I'm ready to help and mm-hmm. I'll sign with this team because you guys are having good record and all that and it worked. He did a nice job and he helped some of the young guys. But I I don't know. I is he wanting to do training camp and all that stuff? Um. I would I would probably move on. He's probably going to be a rental player for another team. You know. Yeah. At that same time of year.
4: Yeah, I'm not a fan of having guys that can just sprinkle things here and there occasionally. Those type of players, like you worked out last year, towards the end of the season that you're struggling and, okay, let's bring someone in and that they can help in certain situations and at least if they make one or two catches, that's going to just take the game uh, closer to where you win a game, but for this point of the year that's not the type of guy I'm looking for. I need a guy that can give me everything that I need full 100%, not just 20% yeah. or 10%.
5: I think I think it to me I call those band-aid players. Most people don't wear band-aids unless you're like Derek Chivas from Missouri back in the day, remember him? Nelly? Yeah. Nelly. Right, right. Oh, look at
3: Brian. Right. That's a good one.
5: <laughs> Most people don't do that. You put a Band-Aid on when you need a Band-Aid. Yeah. You, I, you don't you just know, wear them you just for, for wear fashion. Them. And so right. I think when Nelly. you need a Band-Aid, you go for that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like you could it. sign him, you know, he, he's a free agent probably. Nelly, did he play football? I, I don't know. Why would you? That's what we f- did. I think like there's a movie. He was in a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what wasn't I mean. he in
3: uh, the yeah. last yard? I think it was longest yard. Longest, longest yard. yard. Longest yeah. Yard? yeah, yeah. I think he was in the longest yard.
5: Yeah, he made yard. plays. it yeah. He wasn't Michael, you know, no, but he, he made some plays okay. for Adam. Sure. Why not?
3: <laughs> All right. Let's let's flip to the defense side of the ball. And actually, this is interesting because there are five names, and and I know we don't have a lot of times, but there are five names here that I you could make an argument that any one of the fives, for whatever purposes you want is an important part of what the Cowboys did last year. So I'm going to throw the five names out there and I want you guys to run through them and tell me priority, let them walk or nice to have. Leighton Vander Esch, Donovan Wilson, Jonathan
2: Hankins, Carlos Watkins, and Anthony Brown. Okay, everybody but Anthony Brown on that list for me is a like to have back kind of guy. Not
3: priority just like to
2: have. Like to have back on those guys. I would absolutely Donovan Wilson to me and and you could talk to people in the organization. The coaching staff absolutely loves Donovan Wilson. But we're paying, you know, we're paying 2006 prices for safeties here, you know. So that I don't think that's going to work out. I think Donovan Wilson again a pretty deep safety draft. We'll see how if he could circle back. But I think he's asking for a lot more than the Cowboys are willing to pay. But I'd love to have him back. He, Him, everybody that you mentioned in that pocket of people, with the exception of Anthony Brown, I was really wrong about him. Yeah, Anthony uh,
5: Brown, you're putting him where? like As uh, a. As
2: a uh, not, we're going to Yeah, he Please. was not playing well. And so I'm going to try and get better at corner there. I'm yeah. going to try.
5: Especially with the injury, coming yeah. off the injury he's yeah. got. Um, I, yeah, nice to have for all of them. Uh, with Donovan Wilson, I, I have to just go off of Dan Quinn and say, all right. You did it with J. Ron Curse. You did it with Donovan Wilson. You're gonna to have to do it again. This is why we're paying you what we're paying you, and you, you work your magic on another safety that you know you have the vision for. Unless he, unless he just wants to play here, but he he's gonna probably want more money. He's he gonna want. He
2: wants a lot more money. The whispers coming out of Indianapolis is they're not even close on this, and that's and that's
5: fine. I mean, like like you would probably just move on and let's say, all right. You know, you've got Malik Cooker, you've got J. Ron Kirsch, you're gonna have to find some other safeties. You got some other young safeties too, you like, and Maquamu and stuff like that. You know, I think you move on there if he, if it doesn't work.
4: I'm interested to see how the draft is split as far as like, is it more on offense or defense or, or kind of half and half?
2: You can get from uh, on your safeties from the second round through the fifth round, there's probably 10 names, and there's in that each position, whether it's a strong safety or a free safety, so it's a good pocket from rounds two. Through say rounds five, where you can grab a safety that has, that has not this uh, somewhat, maybe at the top, more of a similar s- skill set to Wilson. As you get down to the bottom, it's more guys that cover, is what you got in the draft. So there's a pocket of safeties. It's not like it's a, like the guard group, I think, is really narrow to what you can get. I think the safety stretches a little bit more if you want to let him walk.
4: Question I know we have to end the show, but real quick. You know how we always talk about how the Cowboys don't necessarily make splash in free agency mm-hmm. and they typically sign their own. But with a signing like Donovan Wilson, would would you consider that? Oh, they made a, a splash. They in free will have. They
3: w- sounds like they may have to because of the amount of money he's asking. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, the part that I think should be considered a little bit more with Donovan Wilson. To me, I don't even look at him as just a safety. Outside of Micah. Give me another defensive player that made more plays for this defense last season. And I'm talking as a, just a playmaker. He's a guy that, that I think without him, you're not just missing a safety. You're missing a guy who made plays. Yeah. And I don't know, do you have somebody that's going to fill in that role? Is J. Ron going to fill in that role of being a playmaker, not just a good safety, but a playmaker? That's why I think you should so... maybe think about him a little bit more as it, should there be a little more priority on trying to get to sign trying to sign him
2: curse was just so banged up but he played through the, the wild card here is uh, is Marquise Bell that's the one that yep. they've kind of sneaky put him in situations that maybe that he could be the Donovan Wilson guy we'll see.
3: And I think, look, I don't want them to break the bank on Donovan Wilson. Let's be clear. I'm not saying go out and pay him, make him the highest paid safety. If that's what he's asking, then, hey, thank you for what you did. We'll have to move on. All I'm saying is I would really – he's one of those guys I look at at the upper end of I'd like to have back because I think he provides so much from the standpoint of a playmaker for this defense. I
2: would take him over if you said you were going to spend money on the guard, if you were going to spend money on Connor McGovern. I would say I would rather have Donovan Wilson than Connor McGovern. And if you're talking about starters,
5: yeah, yeah. And with Layton, real quick, I think it starts with Micah. Like anything does, figure out what you're going to do there. If you're going to play him the way you still play him, where you does a little bit of both, and maybe not. Who when do, Micah? When
4: you got to talk.
5: Well, next year, but I'm just saying. I'm talking about rush and the passer. If he's yeah. going to be more of a pass rusher, then you really do need some linebackers here. So, and I, I would go that route. Hello,
2: I, Jabril Cox. and Hello, Clark. And hello, you know, everybody, I, yeah. the Harper. I actually, think, and I
5: actually think too. There's,
3: there's going to be. Go I have a feeling there's going to be more. Uh, veteran linebackers available in free agency. Sure. And as a part of that, that may drive Leighton's value down a bit. You might be able to bring him back for a, a number that His makes injury sense because there's so many too. options out there. Yeah. His injury you know? history. Yeah, People
2: might have had him off the board when he came out. They still yeah. might feel the same way.
3: Alright, we appreciate you guys Jones We'll be
2: back next week.
3: Free agency will start. Man, we get into the fun of the off season. We'll do that next week. Till then, for Nick Eaton, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek and This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.